Well, this morning, I am excited as we start our Every Nation, Every Soul month, and as we look into what God has, I've just been praying, Lord, what would you have me to speak on? What do you speak on when you're thinking? Obviously, we're looking forward to a big give day in, in two Sundays. We're looking forward to prayer times. We're looking forward to missionaries and hearing their heart. And I kept going back as I was actually listening through and reading through the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, the holiness of God. And why do we do what we do as a church? Why do we care and want to give away $350,000? And our goal is by 2030 to be giving away a million dollars a year. That's our dream goal. Lord, that means we need more people. That means we have to grow. That means lots of things have to happen. But Lord, we believe that you want us to do even more. But why do we care? You know, when I think about the holiness of God, the reason we do everything is because of a God who is holy. And when we think about holiness, I don't only mean morally good, although yes, that's a part of holiness, but when we put it in light of God and who God is, we think of a God that signifies his transcendence over creation, moral perfection of his character. A God is holy. He's holy in that he's utterly distinct from his creation and exercises sovereign majesty and power over it. In other words, God is so good, he's so marvelous, he's so mighty, he's so faithful, he's so all of these things, that church, he's holy. He's holy in a way that we can never possibly fathom or understand or get there. Like, we can't get there on our own. There's no way that that can happen. And from the very beginning, you had Adam and Eve in, in Genesis, God's spoke creation, he spoke Adam, he spoke Eve into existence, and the holiness of God, the transcendence of God came and walked in, in his own image, Adam and, Adam and Eve, in the garden. But what happened? Adam and Eve, they messed that one up, right? They messed it up for us all someday in heaven. We're going to give them a piece of my mind. But right, they brought sin into the world. They went against the plan and the will and the power of God. They went against his holiness and wanted to do their own thing. And because of that, there is the whole entire Old Testament that is basically a road to get to Jesus in the New Testament. A road to being able to walk in purity, to be able to walk in, maybe you could say holiness, but in a way where we can experience God. And as you think about his holiness, as you think about throughout the word, words that come to my mind would be holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Is it thinking of heaven, thinking of what heaven will be one day for us, it is that now, but where you've got angels and you have this glorious moment uh, that is continual and forever of our holy God. And when we sing and we give praise and we give glory in heaven, everything else shuts down. His power, his might, his glory is so much bigger or better than we can even possibly fathom or think. His holiness, he creator, the, uh, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who is all things and is perfect in every way. When we look into the book of Isaiah, we see one of these heavenly moments. And it, it says in Isaiah 6 verse 3, And one called to the, the other, and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. Like, it, man, we cannot wait. I, well, I hope you can't wait. I cannot wait. 
for heaven. It is going to be tremendous. And what we can possibly imagine or think or put together is going to fall dreadfully short of being in the presence of our God. And being like somebody like Isaiah who had this vision, who got to see it in that way. Like, come on. And he shared it with us. But one day we will be there. But you know when Isaiah sees this? It says, I said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He knew he did not have what it took. He shouldn't even be there. And in this moment, as I was thinking and praying, I think maybe a metaphor in our mind that could be helpful is thinking of our son. Anybody thankful for the sun outside? I uh, recently been outside, and it has been freezing cold. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what. We did our light up the nights on Tuesday night, and it w- the sun was setting. And then if you, by chance, were at one of the light up the nights outside, it snowed, it sleeted. And then it was like gale force winds with blowing snow directly sideways. When we took all our stuff inside, it was covered with snow. Uh, it, was, it was something. But have you ever been in those moments where it's cold, but you then step into the sun, and you're like... Ooh, that's so much better. Like a different world. The sun is so vital to growth. It's so vital to our human bodies, to health. It's vital to anything green that's going to grow or anything that's going to happen. But do you know what happens if you just got in a rocket ship and you went right into the good and awesome, great thing that is the sun? You just fly right into it. What's going to happen? You're going to get burned up. It's going to destroy you. The sun is so good. It's so important. It's so needed. But you can't, in our mortal bodies, just waltz into the sun. And when we think about the holiness of God, it is all good. The holiness of God is all good. But in our state of sinfulness, this good thing is dangerous. This good thing, this powerful thing, this holy thing is dangerous to us because we, as Isaiah could say, have unclean lips. Woe is me because I've seen this God, this King of kings, the Lord of hosts. So is it possible? Can we walk in this holiness? And as we look through from sin in Genesis, as we continue on in the process, We realize that we fall so short, and when I think about this problem, I think the Bible is very clear and helps us walk this road to, is it possible? Can we experience God's holiness? Can we experience his presence? Maybe the first time in the Bible that we see is in Exodus, and Moses is in the wilderness, and he comes upon the burning bush, and a burning bush may not have been a crazy thing, like fire's not a big deal, but when you have a dry temperature and climate and something is on fire what should it be doing should be burning up and when he comes upon this burning bush it's not burning up and that is something that does not happen so he turns and goes and wants to see what is taking place in exodus chapter 3 4 through 6 it says when the lord saw that he turned aside to see god or see god called to him out of the bush moses moses and he said here am i Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look. 
Moses realized really quickly, I am in danger. That is God before me. And if I keep moving and I keep going and I keep my my shoes on and I, I keep just doing my own thing, I am going to die. We see it throughout the word of God. The intensity of God's holiness. It it continues and is explored when we look at the temple. When we look at the most holy place of the temple. Where boy, you don't just waltz into the most holy place. The Levites, they had to walk in purity. They had to be clean. They had to do sacrifices and do things to prepare them. To be uh, able to step into this presence of God. And only once a year, even at that. And people realized that if you were a Levite in the temple, or if you were just an Israelite around the temple, there was nothing to be played with with the power of God, the presence of God. You understood his holiness, his might, his faithfulness, who he was. And God gave the Israelites clear instructions for knowing when they were impure and steps to become pure so they could go into the temple again. It's what Leviticus, the book, is all about. And sometimes we think about the book or the Bible, and we think about maybe Exodus, Leviticus, specifically Numbers, and we're like, oh, that's hard to read sometimes. But when you begin to realize the importance of why these things mattered, it it brings new life to understand they had to do these things because they could not go into the presence of Jesus and be impure. So to do it, what are the steps and the process? And what does it look like to go into what God has? But In Leviticus 20, 26, it says, You shall be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. He told them, I've called you to another level of holiness. I've called you out from the people around you. And church, still today, I want us to know and you to know we are not called to look like the rest of our world. We are not called to look like what the TV would show or what culture says would be okay. We are not called to be like them, but we are called to be holy like the Lord. We're called to his holiness. And you know, I believe through the law, we realize that we are to be separate and we can only do it through his strength. We realize we cannot do this thing on our own. And specifically in the Old Testament, The people of Israel, they never quite got it for any sort of consistent time period. They needed God and they needed him to show up in a whole, in a new way, in a real way, in a powerful. And you know what? God's holiness, all of a sudden there began to be a change when we got to Isaiah and a vision that God spoke and put into Isaiah. And even some of what we read a little earlier, which would have been about 600 years after this Leviticus time. This story of Isaiah, he has this vision. He's in the throne room of God and he is terrified because he knew even in a vision he should not be in the presence of God. He should not be there. And then there's this crazy creature called the the seraphim uh, who flies over singing the song of heaven that we read just a few minutes ago. But when we get to verse 6, says, then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt has been taken away and your sin atoned for. 
And up until this moment, when you touched something that was impure, or if you were impure and you touched something, it became impure. It was always the negative side of it. You didn't touch death. You didn't touch disease. You didn't touch these things. You stayed away from them. And if you did touch them, it wasn't necessarily a sin, but then you had to do the ritual to become pure once again. But here Isaiah is brought in a vision directly into the throne room. And the seraphim grabs a coal from the altar. And when he touches his lips, all of a sudden he doesn't make that unclean. But what God did, his altar made Isaiah clean. And this would have been an entirely new realm of what God was and who God was and how God would work. This was revolutionary in his day that he would be there, he didn't die, and that this touched him and he was clean in just a moment. This was huge for the people of God. God's holiness being transferred to his people is a major change for humanity. But that's not where it ends. Later on, as we continue, we get to Ezekiel. And Ezekiel has a vision where he's standing at the temple and he sees water coming out from it. He turns and then it turns into a stream and into a deep river. This river goes through the desert and ends up in the Dead Sea and we were just at the Dead Sea, and it's called the Dead Sea for a reason. It's dead. There's nothing going to grow there, nothing of, of life, nothing good is going to grow there. And he says that he sees, and wherever that water, the trickle, the river, the stream, this huge body of water into the Dead Sea, that life came. That what flowed from the heart of God, what flowed from the temple, brought life, brought life, brought healing, brought wholeness, even to what was dead would become alive. This was a big moment to continue the theme of what Isaiah saw. God's holiness comes out from the temple, making everything fresh and alive. And church, when you think about missions and you think about why missions matters, the reason we must go, the reason we must pray, the reason we must give is because we bring the presence of God and he flows. And if we take his word to Tanzania, Africa, where before none of those people in that region knew Jesus, knew of Jesus. They were so against anything that would come from Jesus or outside of themselves. But when God, and there it's kind of interesting, literally through water, brought water that brought life, then they let pastors come and they let churches come and they let schools come. And now when we go, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine, Jane, that there was no message of the gospel five years ago, ten years ago at all. None. And now thousands of people call Jesus Lord because the stream has gone into the desert. Because the stream has gone. Because someone was sent. Because Dolphy said, I will go. I will take your goodness of God. And that's why every nation, every soul matters. But we have one more big part to the word of God that we can't stop before. And that's his holiness. Only Jesus could truly bring it. Jesus shows up. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he shows up and he begins to touch people that are unclean. He begins to touch people with skin diseases and leprosy. He begins to touch uh, a lady with a woman, or with the woman with the issue of blood. That that would have been a no-no in various ways in their culture and in their day. He touched people who literally were dead, which would have been an absolute no-no. But instead of their death and their disease and their sickness and their problems being put to him, what happened? Life and wholeness and healing flowed from him. And they literally were healed and restored and made new. They literally had the power of God, the holiness of God into their life. And church, 
it gets really exciting. Why do we focus on the New Testament? Jesus, through the pattern of what the Word got to, was all about Him, getting to Him, and what He did in salvation. So now we get to walk in a whole new realm. We get to walk in a way that, like He said, Matthew 28, 19, 20, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples. Why? Because the river of life is flowing out of, from the temple, out from Jesus to you. In fact, John 7, 37 says, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he had said about the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had been, not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And church, there are streams of living water that have flowed out of us. And do you hear that? The Spirit had not been given, that what was spoken. But now Acts has happened, the day of Pentecost has happened, he's been glorified. And now church, we get to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, bringing healing and life and wholeness. We get to bring the holiness of God out to Africa or India or South America or across your street to the neighbor that doesn't know him yet. We get to bring the power of God to the world around us. We are called, we are called and we are equipped through the power of the Spirit to be Life and the life-giving water to our world. Why? Why do we care about every nation, every soul? Why do we sacrifice and give? Because when we truly understand and begin to realize, we begin to realize it's not sacrificing to be obedient to our holy God. It's what life is about, is we know him. He's given us relationship. He's given us holiness, not because of your greatness or mine, but because Jesus and what he did on the cross. And he's covered us. And now we have the, the responsibility and the opportunity to go and share Jesus. And it's not a one or the other. It's not an in my home or my neighborhood or around the world. We get to do it all. And specifically, being in America, being here, being in a Dublin environment, we are able to support and give and go and pray. We're able to do it all because God has blessed. And church, I pray that we would be a people, that we never lose sight of the fact that we are going to be a people that go to every nation, every soul. That we're going to be a people that pray, Jesus, every nation, every soul, every person on this planet. That we're going to be a people that, that we give to every nation, every soul to see the gospel message proclaimed around the world. Because what could be more important? What could be more powerful than seeing his gospel proclaimed? You know what it all ends we're in this moment of Jesus in times. We're in this moment of walking and being uh, that spirit-filled life to see the world come to know him. But in Revelations 21, one day, why does it matter? And why are we, why do we care now? And why do we need to get moving? And why is it not, uh, we'll just see what happens. Revelation 21 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And church, one day, 
One day, we're not going to need to go to every nation, every soul. Because one day, the new heaven and the new earth will be here. One day, there's not going to be pain or sin or death or disease anymore. But until that day, church, I want you to know your pastor. We're going to go to every nation, every soul. I want you to know your church, Radiant Life. We're going to go to every nation, every soul. We're going to go and experience the power of God. We're not going to hold it and just live in it and say, we've got a good thing going. No, we're going to go with the message of the gospel. Because what could be more important than one more person experiencing the life-giving waters of our God? What could be more experienced than that coal, better than that coal touching one more person's lips? To receive of the life change of who he is. To not live the death of Adam and Eve, but to live the life of Jesus and salvation through the cross. What he did in your life and mine and does every single day. The holiness of God compels us to take Jesus to every nation and to every soul. And I want to encourage us, could we let God speak even more? Could we let God speak new life? Could we let God speak new passion to the person in your house that doesn't know the Lord or the person in your neighborhood that doesn't know the Lord or your work, in your community, someone in your family? Could we let God speak life? Life-giving waters to somebody that lives in a country we may never see or know. We may never know them, but we get to give and to see the power of God and the goodness of God and the, the grace of God move in a way that it blows us away. You know, go and experience Africa or India or wherever in the world. It's always a reminder of Lord Jesus. I have so much. And we're so blessed. And I'm thankful. I don't feel bad that we're blessed. Thank the Lord. But Lord Jesus, I don't want my possessions or our things or what we have or these blessings to get in front of the fact that there's a world that needs Jesus. My family, my friends, my community, Ohio, Ohio for Jesus, our world, our, our nation. We need and we have people that need Jesus. And Lord, let your holiness, who you are in my life, compel me and radiant life. Let's let his holiness compel us. To go into all the world. To see the power of God proclaimed. We think of this every nation, every soul, month. Every year we pick several opportunities and we pick several missions projects that we're able to partner with. And we're able to, to see the message of the gospel go. And uh, last year in India, and we got to go and we got to then give money and saw their, uh, uh, their cafe that was finished. And now they have hundreds of kids that are a part of this in a place where they can't do it. They can't do it, except for the fact that God is good and God protects. And we see uh, different projects, including this year in Azerbaijan and North uh, Vietnam, places where we're not allowed to take the gospel, but there's people that are willing to go. There's people that are willing and all they need is the funds and the, the prayer support to make it happen. We, we see all over the world there's people who are willing to go to be live dead missionaries as we would call them. That they're going to go and they're going to give their life for the sake of the gospel. And this year we have a whole list of missions projects and specifically this year just out of the favor and the blessing of the Lord. We are going to be able, our goal is to give just over $100,000 before Christmas to missions organizations. Not what we do all year long, but like over and above that. And to be able to do that, we're believing for, for thirty dollars to $40,000 that would be given in the next uh, month. Uh, on the 19th, that would be our big give Sunday. 
We're then going to be able to turn that and, and give to multiple things. And I just want to go through the list, take a few moments of what we are giving towards. What kinds of things do we get to be a part of? In Tanzania, Africa, one of our biggest partners, where they just did VBS, where they just were a part, those kids need uniforms. As their country, you have to have uniforms to be able to be a licensed school. And those kids in that community, there's no way that they can afford to be able to do that. I mean, if you, the 13, 14 that were just there, you understand 100%. Like that uniform food is important. They live in, many of them, in grass huts. And the thing that they said we could be praying for is that there are hyenas. And at night, if they have babies, they, the hyenas will come and like try to pull their kids out from through the wall. I'm like, that's it. no way. That's not possible. Like, yes, that, that's what Dolphy said. And these people cannot afford uniforms. And so to be able to be a chartered school, they need uniforms. And so we're going to partner with them to give uniforms to these kids that we just got to minister to. We're going to supply 400 uniforms, $14,000. We're going to be going, Pastor Ethan, myself, and Pastor Adam Dinell from across town, we're going to go and put on a revival conference in Dodoma there in Tanzania. And what that looks like is they can't afford to come and do this or get hotels. That's not how it really works. But we're going to pay for transportation. We're going to pay for the food for the revival conference. We're going to pay for lodging, which they'll do at their Bible college and, and make that happen. We're going to pay for all of the expenses to make this happen. Then we're going to go and we're going to preach. Pastor Barnabas, the director, the, the superintendent of Tanzania said, please come, just preach revival, preach healing, preach faith, preach more, preach growth, preach new churches. And that's what we're going to do for three or 400 pastors that we're going to be a part of seeing that take place. In Eurasia, in Azerbaijan, a, a Christian English training center, a heavily, heavily Muslim area where this would be dangerous. We don't put their names and all those sorts of things out. But God is going to move and we believe he's going to do it. And so we're given the last 12500 to let that uh, training center for, for English be accomplished and then resource to get them to be able to, pre to preach the Lord one conversation, one English conversation at a time. In Asia, North Vietnam, we're, we're partnering with Change the Map uh, to, to be a part of what God is doing in Vietnam, which remains a communist nation. Uh, there's a, a church plant and ready to establish, and so we're going to help with the facility so that they can focus on marketplace business and getting the message out, a, a gathering place for the church in North Vietnam. In Argentina, there's a, med a media ministry school in, uh, in Argentina, and they're revamping their curriculum to modernize it. Uh, the ministry was founded about a decade ago. So we're going to be partnering with them to see upgrades in this so there can be more of God proclaimed through this media ministry and, and the school that is allowing God to literally touch every part of Argentina and beyond. God is moving in mighty ways there. In Europe... In Germany, we're going to partner in planting new Royal Ranger outposts in northeastern Germany and, and supplying scholarships for their national camp. And, uh, in some ways, like here, Royal Rangers, but in even greater ways in other places around the world, Royal Rangers would be their kids' discipleship program, girls, boys. And it's amazing what God does. And so to start new outposts and new groups that do this, so often kids come to know the Lord. Families then come to know the Lord. Churches are planted through Royal Rangers. It's just amazing what God is doing. And we're partnering in Germany to see this happen, this camp as well for next year. Right here in the United States, uh, 
at Harvest Assembly of God Church, which many of you uh, have been around long. We planted Harvest with Pastor Chris Tommaso uh, over 20 years ago. And there is a church that is now meeting in their building, uh, not on Sunday morning, the, the Harvest meets there then, but the U- a Ukrainian church, and they have a facility, and they're trying to get it uh, all ready to go so that they can move into this new facility in a place that will be easier to minister to the Ukrainian refugees that have come over from, from war. They have over 200 people that are meeting together, and so we're going to partner with them to see that accomplished so these Ukrainian refugees can continue to experience Jesus. Like, how, how cool is that? We get to touch the other side of the world right here in Galloway, where, where this church is. Revive Church, our partner church that we, we partner with, Pastor Stephen, who we make it possible for him to work full-time to minister to the community in the hilltop. Well, uh, last year, we put in a shower and, and a washer and dryer, and this year, they're asking, could, could you help us with a commercial washer and dryer? Because the, the response and the need for washing clothes for the homeless people is more than just a normal little washer and dryer can do. So they have a space ready, and so we're going to supply that for them so more homeless can experience Jesus. And it's been interesting, just in the last couple weeks, people are starting to realize what they're doing, and they're having more people come than they're able to handle. And so you can be praying for Revive Church, that God would take care of all of the needs and the way and the means of, of how to accomplish what they want to accomplish without Columbus shutting them down or, you know, doing it safely and all those things. And we get to be a part with Revive Church. And the last one is our new missionary partnerships. We're picking up Randy Young and uh, another missionary from a sensitive area, area that works in the, the Buddhist world. We want to see God move in mighty ways and we love it. We have 75 missionaries and we, we want more. We want more. I mentioned earlier, we're believing for a million dollars that we give away every year by 2030 and how church? Because we say yes to a holy God that sees people all over this world, and we say we want your river of life to expand to every nation, every soul. So my two challenges today, or maybe in your life, is there an area where you need the holiness of God to really wash over you? You need God to just pour his self on you. You need that coal to touch you on your lips and to bring healing and wholeness to your life. Don't stay in sin. Don't stay apart from God. Don't stay removed. But come right in and let him heal and restore and make new. That's what Jesus has done for us. And all you have to do is ask him, Lord, forgive me. Make me new. Maybe for the first time, come be the Lord of my life. Or maybe, Lord Jesus, would you help me? I'm struggling in this area. He wants to bring healing and wholeness. And the great thing, when we give him our life, his holiness washes over us that even while we're walking the journey of looking more like him, we get to be holy before the Lord because of what Jesus has done and who he is. And the second thing is, I want to ask us as a church, what is it that we can do? One big offering, one big give day on the 19th, uh, I think there's going to be a, the slide with the QR code. If you're not going to be here the next two weeks, you can give whenever you would like to give. But what is it that God would have you do? And my prayer is not that one person gives a huge amount, although I hope one person, three people give a huge amount. That's great. But it's what can each of us do? What's it look like for each of us to go and say, Lord, I want to see the river of, of your life, of your water, flood every nation, every soul. What does it look like for you to give in a sacrificial way? And my prayer is that whoever you are, the person next to you would do and ask the same exact thing. And one offering may be small, and one offering may seem big, but in the kingdom of God, when we come and we're obedient, 
And we each are willing to say, Lord, I'm going to give the equal level of, of sacrifice. Then I believe we can see God do so much. I believe that 30 or 40,000 will be taken care of. Who knows, if the Lord would bring in more, guess what? Pastor Matt, he's not here this morning, but he will be happy to find more projects that we can give to. He, I, man, we would love to give away more money to the kingdom, and that's what would happen. We go over or above, we're going to give over and above. Because church, what's better than seeing his holiness, his power, his life poured out through the nation? So today in your own life, what is God speaking to you in your own holiness, in your own walk with him, in your own giving up every part? And then what's he asking you to do today? I just would ask you, pray fast, ask him over the next couple weeks, Lord, what is it? And on the 19th, we're gonna come, we're gonna come and we're gonna bring our offering to the front. If you give online, that's fine. You give it another way, we'll have envelopes, you just write online or whatever, we'll put them in there. But we're gonna give one big offering, bringing to the Lord. And I believe God's gonna take care of every need. And I believe that God so often, whatever he calls you to do, if it's a sacrifice, he brings it back. If it's a sacrifice, he blesses. If we give, he makes new and over and over in our life. So let's be open to what the Lord would have. As we close today, I just want to pray blessing over you. I want to pray his life over you. What he did, his holiness, from us messing it up in the garden to Jesus. And someday, a new heaven and new earth. We get to walk that journey. And let's bring every person we can into the family of God. Let's speak and proclaim the goodness of who he is. So Lord, this morning we're thankful for your holiness. Lord, we're thankful that you made the way, the Old Testament leading, Lord, from those ritual purities, from, from those things, Lord, to, to a place of that coal and the river, the visions, to Jesus, you coming and fulfilling. Lord, today that we get to walk in holiness, not because we killed a, an animal or a bird or a, a, a goat or whatever, but Lord Jesus, we our walk in holiness because we've come to you and we've given you our lives and who we are. And Lord, you have made us holy, Jesus. You washed us with your blood. You've purified, you've cleansed us. And now, Lord, I pray that any person in this room and every one of us, what you're working on, what you're speaking, what you're bringing life into, Lord, I ask you, would you bring holiness to each one of us, Lord? And thank you for your blood. And then, Lord, we want to look more like you. We want to act more like you. We want to talk more like you. And even what you said in Leviticus, you shall be holy to me. Lord, let us be holy to you in how we live, how we act, and how we move in you. And Lord, thank you, Jesus, that it's not us, it's you. So as we're obedient in you, as we let your life, your love purify us and cleanse us, Lord, holiness is ours. So let us look different, act different, talk different, line up with the truth of your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help us as a church, Lord, what you would have us to do. Lord, you've given us dreams and visions and projects. You've given us, uh, Lord, uh, the means to, Lord, be able to bless. And Lord, we want to see it only grow from here. So Lord, I pray every person in this room, every person that would hear online would be challenged. Equal sacrifice in the room, Lord, to be able to give, to see every nation and every soul. Lord, turned over. Lord, your gospel your gospel being preached, that every nation, every soul would see you, experience you, and know you. Lord, challenge us individually. And Lord, even as we talked about missions trips, Lord, as we talked about these things that are coming, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would let us be able to come and, and hear missionaries on Saturday. You let us be able to go around the world on missions trips next year to pour out your love, your goodness. Lord, literally with our hands and our feet as you take us. And Lord Jesus, let us be people that call out to you consistently and faithfully. 
but we're willing to give whatever it is you would call. We're willing to go. We're willing to give time and energy and money, Lord, to the things of God. One more time, Lord, I'm thankful for your holiness. I'm thankful that you are bigger, you're, you're greater, you created all, you're transcendent over all things, Lord, you are God. And Lord, that you would let us know you, you would tear the veil so we can come in and experience you. Lord, it, we don't deserve it, but we're thankful. And Lord, let us live our lives, Lord Jesus, with this, this great responsibility, Lord, because of what you've given us. Let us live our lives every day for you for your goodness, that streams of living water would flow from your church, from your people, from each one today. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.